you don't call me Yvonne. <laughs> call me what you call me. Because my best. friends know you call me Vesco or Mommy. That's okay. what my friends know. So, yeah. yeah, that's what you call me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, coming to you, Vesco or Mommy. Hello, everyone. I'm Yvonne Edoutu. And this is Beautiful My Podcast. Welcome to Beauty of Mind Podcast, Episode 6. Happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there showing up for their families. In today's episode, I interview an amazing father, husband, doctor, writer, teacher, and an all-around amazing person. I present to you Dr. F.E. Olotu, my father. You hear my father talk about his childhood memories, one of the challenges of fatherhood including hearing his only son wanting to play professional football. We'll talk about some of the books he's written and advice to any young man gearing up for fatherhood. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please like it, share it, download, leave a review on iTunes, and repost it. (laughs) Vesco, mommy, let me tell you how I found out the impact my father had on the you see, my father died in 1984 at the age of 84, and uh, then I was in, uh, I was dating my wife to be Buki in 1985 when I got married. Uh, that was uh, about a year after my dad had passed on. Whenever I spoke about my dad, there was always a glow on my face. I never noticed it. It was my wife who used to tell me that I always had a glow on my face. That was because he made such positive impact on my life. When my mother-in-law passed on seven years later in 1992 at the age of 60, she was such a good mom, just like my father was a good dad. My wife always had a glow on her face when talking about her mother. Then she understood what I, uh, uh, how I felt talking about my dad because the nostalgic feelings were very strong. And uh, just like the book of Proverbs says, the memory of the just is sweet. She experienced that sweetness, which I probably wouldn't have realized without her telling me that I always had a glow on my face. So fatherhood had been such a, a, an interesting subject to me since I had a good father and I had a good father-in-law too. And it, it filled me with determination to be a good father, to make myself available, to support my children, to be part of their social support, and to uh, uh, tell them they can get anywhere, they can get to any height in life if they are ready to pay the price. I can remember 1976, while I was in second year medical school, that was when I resolved to serve God, not because uh, my dad told me God was good, but because I found out that. The Lord is good, and I want to walk in my dad's steps. And there's a confirmation of several studies that had, uh, that had found out that fathers who uh, went to church regularly, who modeled Christian living to their children, end up having children that loved God and uh, served God just like themselves. Okay, what's your favorite childhood memory? Yes, if, if you assume... Uh, my teenage years is part of my childhood memory. Yes, it 
my admission to the University of Lagos to study medicine was exciting because hitherto I had not traveled beyond Benin City. And here was I. Incidentally, my father had been in Lagos in the early uh, uh, 1919, uh, uh, yes, 19, 19, uh, 1919. Uh, 19, uh, that sounds like such a long time. Yes, a very long time. He was there. And uh, so he had regaled me with stories about Lagos, how uh, 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 there were so many ghosts in Lagos. <laughs> <laughs> And, and why <laughs> it's dangerous walking in the night because a lot of times they go down parade and uh, <laughs> they could deal with you anyway. So going to Lagos, I had to go to uh, a remote part of Lagos. That was where my rela- uh, my relatives were. Then the motor park, uh, the motor park seven Delta State was in Edo, Levantis Edo. Mm-hmm. Had to get to Edo and get to Ajegunle. Hmm. That was my first introduction to a jiggle, a really squalid environment. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I survived that faith, uh, that face because uh, I went to uh, I went for an interview at the College of Medicine, University of Lagos, and finally was given admission in 1973. I did one year prelim in the University of Lagos, Akoka, and moved over to College of Medicine, Idiaraba. So it was real fun because. Uh, I, I never knew old uh, school in Lagos because I was offered admission at the University of Benin to study chemical engineering. Uh, oh, really? How yes. come I didn't know that? Oh, uh, well, was medicine. No, yeah. Uh, I, yes, I, I had admission to study chemical engineering at the University of Benin, but already I was in Lagos <laughs> pursuing my favorite course. My mathematics, I, I, I suspected, wasn't strong enough for engineering. So yeah. definitely, I, I love arts, and I knew medicine would be easier for me than any of the engineers. I like the fact that you mentioned you liked arts. Growing up, I saw you had so many books, and also movies. But how come now you don't watch as, as many movies anymore? What happened? Can you tell us the fatherhood changed that? Well, uh, I wouldn't attribute that to fatherhood. <laughs> but I got into leadership in Cali Charismatic Renewal, as well as in the Full Gospel Business Fellowship in, International. And these really took every little bit of time spared from the medical profession. I guess I took life too seriously, and I have to re-engage. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I have to re-engage with life now, particularly watching movies and all. Okay. okay, let me just add this experience. So yesterday, my dad took myself and my younger sister to go watch the movies. And when we got out, my dad said it was too loud. And I kept chuckling because I thought he really loved movies. I know you're going to judge me right now because the movie was Jurassic World. But that was the only movie that was shown at that time. So, Daddy, right now, you're no longer, you're no longer interested in movies. But what about the books? Oh, what kind of books do you like reading? Uh, I love biographies. Biographies of great men. And then Christian literature, and uh, I have some favorite like the late Miles Monroe, the late Derek Prince, and uh, Kenneth Hagin. Uh, yes, uh, Kenneth Hagin series, the Faith series. Mm. They're very helpful to me because uh, I had to inspire the younger generation to trust in God. Mm-hmm. But I still have some biographies that um, uh, I bought. I've not read them yet, like that of Mandela. I have different copies. Mm-hmm. It's just the time. And writing, writing books to help 
Christians uh, have a better understanding of the Christian faith had taken a lot of time, a lot of my time. I still look forward to having so much time to read some uh, non-Christian serious literature. I know you have written so many books. Can you tell us about the books you've written and why you decided to write books? Now, my first book was on cancer, your guide to cancer prevention. I probably wouldn't have uh, written a book on cancer if I hadn't had um, one experience whereby a lecturer in a tertiary institution whose daughter had fourth stage breast cancer never knew what cancer was until the daughter came down with cancer and I referred the daughter to a teaching hospital. And when I, uh, when the, the, the man came back to me and I asked what was their diagnosis, he said, they said my daughter has cancer. Doctor, what is cancer? So I felt there was so much ignorance about cancer and I should write something. It took me 30 months to write my first book, Your Guide to Cancer Prevention. But then that experience opened the gateway to write other books. My second book was on fatherhood, amazing power in fatherhood. And then I now wrote a, second, a, a third book, Releasing the Power in Fatherhood. That was more like the practice of fathering. I had about 30 topics. And then my fourth book, I, I co-wrote with my wife. Uh, it's uh, Maximize Parenting. That was on parenting. You see, these books, books on these subjects were rare in the market. And the ones written by uh, Europeans did not address the needs of a young father. I, I often ask myself, if I'm a young father, what do I need to know to be a good father? That's the spirit behind writing those books. I didn't write books because I was idle. I wrote books to meet specific needs in society. And, uh, and that had been very fulfilling to me. Okay. And then the fifth book okay, was on... Uh, no, I was on... Uh, yes, uh, seminars. It was on uh, leadership. Seminars for Cali uh, Charismatic Renewal Leaders. Again, I found out that uh, the leaders uh, I was dealing with you know, needed help. And I had to, again, do a lot of research to come up with uh, a book that will help them. Again, I co-wrote it with my wife, and the title is uh, Seminars for, Chari for Charismatic Renewal Leaders, with a subtitle of uh, Unlocking the Leadership Potential in Your Members. And then my most recent book is Intentional Fathering. Well, that one centers on strategies for transmitting your, uh, sorry, its subtitle is Strategies for Transmitting Your Christian Faith and Values to Your Children. The men or fathers are pivotal to their children serving God. Uh, two researches were carried out, one in California and another in Switzerland that uh, affirmed the, the, the power of fathers over children when it comes to determining their faith. Mo children look unto their mothers for nurturing, but they look unto their fathers for issues of faith and spiritual direction. So my latest book was on that, because every Christian father wants uh, his children, his progeny, 
to serve God. And uh, you, you cannot compel your children to, to serve God. But if you bond with them, if you relate with them appropriately, if from the word go, you, you, you are intentional in helping them understand life, and equipping them with moral, value, moral values or a moral compass to enable them navigate the world, then when they grow up, the likelihood is very strong that they will take after God. Yes, uh, my, my books are available on Jumia. Okay, so Daddy, I have to ask you, what's the favorite part of being a father? You've been a father for 30, almost 32 years. Yes. Yeah, that's way older than me. So yeah. tell me what was the fun part. No, and now you can go back to talk about our childhood memories. What we, what I, your child, or like pick any of your children did. Yes, you, Yvonne. I remember. But you don't call me Yvonne. <laughs> call me what you call me. Because my best. friends know you call me Vesco or Mommy. That's okay. what my friends know. So, yeah. yeah, that's what you call me. So. <laughs> so Coming to you, Vesco or mommy, I remember when you were two, when I wake you up in the morning, to uh, or your mommy wakes you up. Daddy, that, don't tell them that. Is that okay. the beep? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can say it. You can say it. You always tell her, no, I'm, I'm, I won't go to school today. I want to <laughs> peep. <laughs> I will tell you, come on, like, come to the bathroom, we'll wash your eyes, and uh, <laughs> dress you up for school. That was fun. But I also remember my, uh, I think one of the most uh, challenging uh, experience with fatherhood I had was when my son called me one evening from the boarding house and said he is so, uh, that he, uh, he told me he was sorry, was going to break my heart, that he's, he's, he's no longer going to study medicine, that instead he wants to be a professional footballer. <laughs> Now, the interesting thing was that this uh, uh, this boy that wanted to be a professional footballer does not represent his class in football. So how can he be a professional footballer? <laughs> I knew he was, you know, hearing some stories uh, from his friends that have been influencing his mind. Anyway, I had to change his school <laughs> and, uh, and uh, be his mentor. Now, I told him I was going to coach him. And today, uh, after so many years, he's yeah. now a medical doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Very happy to be one. Baba, <laughs> we're proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay, Daddy. So let's paint a scenario. It's a young man comes to meet you. He's planning for his wedding, or he just got married, and he's planning to. They're pl they are preparing to start a family or expand their family, and he asks you this question. What three things can you tell him that can prepare him for fatherhood? Yeah, I'll, I'll be excited to encourage any young one, any young man to take fatherhood seriously because it yields very good dividends. The first thing I'll tell a young man who wants to be a happy father is be closely bonded with your wife. Your wife plays a tremendous role in your absence. If the two of you are one, and if both of you set boundaries, behavioral boundaries for your children, she will enforce it in your absence. So be close to your wife. Love her. Appreciate her. And she will be a great support to you in your fatherhood responsibilities. Number two, be available. Spend quality time with your wife. 
spend quality time with your uh, children. I always teach young men that the only thing you can give your child is breast milk because you don't have breast milk. You don't produce breast milk. <laughs> so every other thing you can give your child. You can bath the child. You can uh, talk to the child, sing to the child. You see, one beautiful thing about being bonded to your child is when you are very close to your child. Your, 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 the children are such that whoever has time for them is, is the person they stick to. Your child will stick to you. The third piece of advice to a young father will be always when you are taking up a new job, whatever you are planning to do, always consider the impact of that step on your family. Whatever would take you far away on a regular basis from your children, from your family, will hinder fatherhood, uh, fathering. So it's very, very important that as a young person, always consider the impact of your decision. If you have to travel for a, a long stretch of time, make sure you keep in touch with your wife, make sure you keep in touch with your children so that they can always respond to you your children will follow your instruction uh, to the extent to which they love you and they believe you love them. Oh, wow. Okay. So any young man listening, you heard what my daddy said. <laughs> okay. So I know, Daddy, you're involved in a purpose-driven father's network. And I would like to know why you're so passionate about fatherhood and how you got into this conference. Yes, I'm passionate about fatherhood because uh, fathers need help. They need fathering skills. And nobody offers them. And yet the society expects so much from them. And number two, fathers don't know how impactful they can be on the lives of their children. They can be tremendously impactful. And so uh, when I started the Purpose Driven Fathers Network in 20, January 2012, the goal was to help young fathers and like any uh, program like that, it's hard to evaluate its impact. But one day, my wife came home. My wife works in uh, a tertiary institution and said, oh, in her workplace, she needed assistance from um, one of the men in the registry. Okay, She was planning to have a seminar. And... Invariably, she hadn't met the man before. So when she encountered the man, the man said, Wow, are you Mrs. Olotu, wife of Dr. Olotu? She said, Yes. said, Okay, I have some good news for you. For the weeks I was away, I took a paternity leave. Your husband teaches us to bond with our wives, to spend time with our wives. And at times of delivery, labor, and all that when." Our wives really need somebody close to them. I wish you be there. So my wife was to deliver, was to put to bed. I took leave from my place of work. I was with her. So she delivered and stayed some weeks at home. So I, I actually put into practice what your husband taught us. Yeah. I was happy because uh, for once I had a concrete evidence that I was really reaching out to fathers that they are responding to my efforts to make them uh, more responsible husbands, as well as very good fathers who care for their children and care for their wives. Oh, that's very good. I can imagine how you must have felt. 
getting feedback (laughs) getting feedback on that and it's so important i even think the nigerian government is working on increasing the days or weeks for paternity leave i know some offices grant like a couple of days three days four days but it's nice to know that men can take yeah of their own ask for leave at work and take take their leave to spend time to bond with their families and all and to be better fathers all right, Daddy, I hope you had a lovely Father's Day. Thank you. I love you very much. We all love you very much, and we're grateful for all the opportunities. Today, I was reading tweets, and someone was tweeting about her dad and the things her dad talked about. And I was so grateful because I could identify with a lot of things she mentioned, integrity, knowing God, reading books, movies, just so much exposure. Right now, I love reading books so much. And I remember growing up how you bought us Christian comics. And it's still one of my best memories. I think about them a lot. Even just reading encyclopedia, you know. I really, I read encyclopedia as a child. But it's just nice knowing that you took out time. Yourself and mommy did. So I'm not talking so much about my mom because today's Father's Day and it's supposed to be about my dad. But you did so well. Introduced us to so many things. And even though we grew up in a small town, it still felt like, we we had traveled and seen so many things and got to know so many things. So, so grateful, happy to have you on my podcast. Thank you for your support for the podcast. And if you're interested in reading any of my dad's books, I'll put the link in the description box below. You have to go order of Jumia. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. A lot. <laughs>